Good morning. This is Dina Marie, host of Faith Moments with a Lenten Franciscan moment on Mater Day Radio. On our 40-day Lenten journey, we begin with Ash Wednesday, this year celebrated on February 14th, and the church calls us to focus our attention on the disciplines of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Today, I wanted to invite us to go and follow Jesus, a little bit of his footsteps into the desert, that 40-day pilgrimage that he spent, and our Lenten companion is going to be Father Dan Petit. Franciscan Friar Father Dan has been joining us over the last year or so, and I thought it'd be a great opportunity to really get into this Lenten journey together and to really prepare for the great feast of Easter Sunday. Welcome back, Father Dan. Nice to have you with us on our Lenten journey. Thank you, uh, Dina Maria. Good to be with you, too. And it's hard to believe we're already getting close to Lent. Yes, yes. The Lenten journey is here and it is a time, a little bit of a shifting of gears. And maybe let's talk just a little bit about that, because we only get a few weeks of ordinary time, quote, and then we enter into yet another season. Um, What should we have gotten from ordinary time to help us get into a new season in the church? Well, I, you know, I think the thing that to uh, gain from ordinary time is, I like that word ordinary. I mean, it's, uh, this is a period that Jesus comes out of this 30-year period of uh, the hidden life in Nazareth, uh, hidden from our view mainly. I mean, we see him when he's 12 uh, being found in the temple, but that's about it for this whole period. And if you, if you ever were to think of Nazareth, I mean, Main Street wasn't even paved. Uh, it wouldn't be like the uh, epitome of excitement on Saturday night or anything. I mean, it was a pretty low-key, small little village, uh, not a whole lot going on. And there's Jesus right in the midst of it all, which is where I think most of us live our lives. Uh, mm-hmm. we don't, we're not uh, on uh, massive military expeditions and the like, uh, like Genghis Khan or something. I mean, it's most of us are living our lives and and Jesus is there with us. They're with us in our lives. But what happens, of course, at Lent is we begin with this um, public ministry because Christmas ends with the baptism of Jesus, which commences his public ministry then. And see, that's this ordinary time. That's what we're looking at is the opening of the public ministry of Christ, which will eventually lead to uh, the march to uh, Jerusalem. So it, it's it's fascinating. We go from this ordinary hidden life into the beginnings of his public ministry right now, and then Lent, right after the baptism of the Lord, we meet him going out into the desert. And that begins, you know, our own journey as well. We need to go with him there as well. Right. Well, in this year, we're going to hear from the Gospel of Mark. Year C, this is, or Year B, that is, is where we hear a lot of the Gospel of Mark. And it's really a short account. And so it's like two sentences. The Spirit drove Jesus into the desert. He remained there for 40 days, tempted by Satan. And we hear he was among wild beasts and angels ministered to him. And that's the account of the 40 days with Jesus. What about this driving? You know, and that's pretty powerful. The spirit drove Jesus. Why? What's happening now as, as we're listening to this idea of him moving into a public ministry? Well, I think what that, that word public is the difference. Uh, 
uh, it's become public now. He was in the hidden life. And of course, the other thing that happened at the baptism, as we know, is we actually had the manifestation publicly of the Trinity. The Trinity comes out and, uh, you know, my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, John sees the, sees the dove. Don't think for a moment the, the powers of darkness don't see this public manifestation and display. Well, right after the baptism, then, the Spirit leads Christ out into the desert to contend with this creature, this mean, vicious, ugly, evil creature, Satan. Because he's very, it's kind of like, he's very attuned to the spiritual, the, the uh, Satan is. And there's clearly been a breach in his hold on this world with the manifestation of the Trinity at the baptism of Jesus. So he's got to go out and contend with him in the desert. And that's what he does. So we hear 40 days. We hear he was among wild beasts. Uh, what can we imagine might have been going on in those 40 days of fasting, uh, of prayer that Jesus encountered in the desert? Well, you know, it's interesting that you, it, that, Mark gives us those details. You have um, angels minister to him at the end, and of course he's with wild beasts. Well, the same thing happened at his birth. You had these beasts in the manger. You had the angels singing glory to God in the highest. And here's Jesus in the incarnation bringing the spiritual order back into peace with the uh, natural world of creation. There's this peace in Christ. Matter and spirit are at peace in him. Unlike us, you know, we experience a great deal of, uh, Paul says, the spirit lusts against the flesh, and the flesh lusts against the spirit in us. There's this sort of opposition that we experience that leaves us uh, uncomfortable a lot of times. Well, in Christ, that comes to peace. And that's what he's doing in the desert, is that integrity of Christ is what's going to vanquish devil see he's got the devil's got an advantage with us because we're we're not as integrated and healed as christ was and he's going to go out and vanquish him in the desert wow so we do hear about these temptations um and and other accounts other gospel accounts do give us more of that dialogue um but i'm just trying to imagine jesus in that scenario and again facing the devil and 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 that encounter between the ultimate good and evil right that we always see that in in movies right it's always the evil against the good and the good always wins out but here is jesus to to do the battle so he can finish his mission to bring us home well well that's right and um you know there's a there's so much going on i mean he doesn't come to preach repentance to the devil because the devil's decision has already been made it's, yeah. it's permanent he's not here to do that he's that he's here to call us to repentance but not the devil so what he has to do is just battle directly with the devil and mark also tells us in chapter 3 what this is what's going on is jesus says there that the strong man while his goods are safe and secure uh has is has got uh dominion over the household but if a, someone stronger comes along and overtakes him then he steals what he was protecting well that's what's happening in the desert jesus is the stronger one than the strong man and he's binding him up 
so that he can then take away from him what he's got, which is you and me. And that's what he's come to do. He's come to take us from the kingdom of Satan and darkness and death to bring us to his kingdom of light and life and love. And so that's what he does in the desert. He's basically binding the strong man and tying him up so that he can come out into the public ministry and just pummel the kingdom of darkness and ultimately on the cross destroy it. Right. I'm talking with Franciscan friar, Father Dan Petit, as we are entering the Lenten season and going on our own Lenten journey, takes us into this wilderness, takes us into the desert. You know, as you're talking about this battle, I think about the scripture we just heard uh, since we're recording this on Sunday, where Jesus goes and he preaches in the temple and there is a man possessed by a demon. I love this. And the demon says, what are you going to do with us? You know, we know who you are. Are you here to, I like to say, eradicate us? The demons know Jesus is on the scene and he's not like any other rabbi. I mean, we should pick up on that particular boy, the demons are frightened yeah, yeah. at Jesus. Well, well, they discern in the voice of lowly Jesus. Yeah. The voice of the word capital W the, the word, uh, you know, the voice of the Lord shatters the cedars of Lebanon. I mean, it's coming in power. Well, that's why the people are marveling at Christ's word. It's like, what is this? He's speaking with authority. The demons are subject to him. Well, it's because we're meant in our faith to discern the incarnation of the Son of God uh, in, in, in what's happening there. Uh, that really is a manifestation of the power of the Son of God. We don't have that kind of power over this angel, this, this very powerful angel. Um, but Christ does because he's God. And as he exits that that 40 day period, um, the move is on. The move is on now for his mission. And, and where do we catch Jesus then as he leaves that encounter with Satan and then leaves the desert? Well, it will steadily rise in crescendo as we get closer and closer with more and more public manifestations of his of his uh, identity as the son of god you know like the healings and the like it will stir up the the powers of evil to come against him but the powers of evil don't only include just pure spirits he's also got his friends in our world uh, so, for example, at the very beginning, when he was born, Herod was, he was not of the kingdom of light. He wanted to kill the child. Well, that's not, not ex, that's not coming from the kingdom of Christ. That's the kingdom of darkness. Uh, Herod saw this child as a rival and wanted to kill him. Well, see, that's what's going to steadily happen as Jesus' public ministry unveils as well, is he's going to have many of the servants of darkness come up against him. Mm. And he's going to suffer greatly as a result uh, and ultimately coming to the cross. Right. 
Again, we're with Father Dan Petit as we are on a Lenten journey together. Father Dan, I want to talk more about temptation and some of the ways that the the disciplines of Lent will help us to resist those temptations in our own life. But we are coming up on our break. So stay with me and we'll continue our conversation in the next half hour. Sounds good. Thank you. This is Dina Marie, and I'm back with Father Dan Petit as we are on a Lenten journey. We're continuing to discuss a bit about Jesus in that 40-day journey in the desert. We're in our own 40-day period of, of a desert, a wilderness in this time of Lent. And let's talk, Father Dan, you talked a little bit about Jesus in this battle with the devil, and he's going to go out and continue now a public ministry, which we know will lead to his passion, his death, and ultimately his resurrection, his victory on the cross, which is why we celebrate the victory of Easter Sunday. Every Sunday is a resurrection Sunday, Um, but we're in that desert and we're called to even follow Jesus in that desert during this time of Lent. What does that mean? What are some of the ways that we do enter into the desert time for this season of Lent? Uh, Well, I can give you a real concrete example. What would it be like to put your cell phone away for 40 days? That would be that would be a good experience of the desert, because if you think about it, when you go out to the desert, I would doubt whether you have much Wi-Fi signal out there. Right. and there's not a whole lot going on either, other than just a bunch of sand and dirt. And uh, certainly there aren't many cafes around or bars or anything else to go to to distract ourselves. So that would be a great example of what does it mean to go out into the desert? It's, it does mean to enter more into the language of God, which is silence, you know, um, and allowing our faith to um, hear him there in the silence. Because that's what we need. Some of that silence in Lent needs to get inside of us so that we come to the peace of Christ. Right. Well, you mentioned a big word, Father Dan, distractions. And I I think our culture today, that's what it's filled. That's the world, which is, I think, a very intentional part of the world trying to distract us away from that what is good, beautiful and holy. Right. Yeah. And that is true. And, and it, it, it's helpful. That's why it's helpful to become free during Lent, as we would say, entering the desert, because it does let some of that the distractions fall off. And what happens? What 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 comes up when you haven't got the distractions? Uh, what is that? Well, that's usually what needs some attention. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned silence, Father Dan. What are some ways because I think people can get a little bit uh, intimidated. They might be, what do I do? What do I do? We feel like we have to occupy time with sound or with activities and to be in the silence can be a foreign idea for some. Yeah, I think so. With the steady, steady diet we have of information, you know, we're in the information age, as we would say. And uh, it's, we're constantly in that experience of new information coming down the line that we do need to interrupt that in order for us to hear the voice of God. Um, and, and it becomes necessary for us to take time. That's the thing. Any relationship we're going to have, 
that we ever want to develop, it takes time. And it's no, and that's true with God as well. So, um, you know, the things that I recommend during Lent and that I also try to practice for myself is taking time every day and adding to what I'm already doing to try to be present, you know, and listen. And, um, and uh, for me, that means especially to take time before the Blessed Sacrament, uh, whether it's the tabernacle or adoration, uh, to just listen, to just listen. Faith comes through hearing, and I think that becomes important. Instead of hearing the voices of the world, which are just constantly coming at us, you know, we talk about how we need Everyone needs to find their voice today, which is certainly fine, but why would we deny every other voice? We would want to hear every other voice except the voice of Christ. Why is that voice being centered so much in the culture? I think we need to hear that voice in order for us to be fed and nourished. Right, right. And we hear about Jesus, uh, the the temptations that being tempted by Satan, we obviously are tempted every day. I mean, multiple times a day, we are bombarded with temptations of the flesh in so many ways. How do we build up a way to resist these temptations that come at us? We used to speak, for example, of avoiding the near occasion of sin. What that could, what that I think could mean, though, if we translate that into contemporary terms, is I need to learn how to guard overexposing my weakness. Uh, weakness, when it's exposed, the outcome is fairly predictable. And see, what's happening today with the constant influx of materials coming at us our weaknesses can easily become exposed and even overexposed, and we end up falling. And we wonder, gee, why did I, how did I, and we think we just have to will ourselves more. No, we need to come to know ourselves and our own weakness well enough that we guard our weakness and learn to guard it so we don't overexpose it. So like an alcoholic going into a bar is overexposing his weakness. And we need to learn to be, be vigilant that way as well. Um, I think as we, especially Lent is a great time to grow in kind of self-knowledge. What am I grappling with? What am I struggling with? What is my weakness? And how can I go about learning to guard it so I don't overexpose it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And looking at the life of St. Francis, Father Dan, what are some of the ways St. Francis would battle these temptations? How would he deal with resisting temptations in his life? Well, this is where we have to understand what lovers do. Because Francis was so in love with Christ. And we have to take that into account when we understand that this is a man that threw his body on rose bushes. Yeah. Uh, this, this is a man who fasted three periods a year for 40 days each on nothing but bread and water. I mean, now most of us would never even think of doing that for one 40-day period, let alone three. But that's what Francis did. Um, and he did apologize at the end of his life for how he treated his body. And 
you know, even the great St. Catherine of Siena, equally, she exhorted her followers to don't follow my example. She went so extreme. But see, lovers do that. Um, and uh, we can't just say they're crazy. No, they're in love, you know. What can we do? Well, we can attempt to grow in love so that we begin down the path of stepping up the efforts more to not offend God anymore because we love him. I don't want to offend someone I love. Well, I think that becomes our great, what do I need to grow in love then? Well, I need to grow in my ability to be with God and my desire to be with God by actually being with him more, you know, spend time with him, step that up a little bit. And um, those are, those are like going to the Eucharist, not missing mass on Sunday. Let's get down to some basics, you know, things like this that become so important for us. Uh, the sacrament of reconciliation. I'm refusing, receiving a, an infusion of God's love into my soul at that point when I go to and growing literally in the love of God. Mm -hmm. We see in the Stations of the Cross that Jesus falls down. He falls three times, you know, but that means that he got up three times to continue to move forward in the midst of such pain and suffering. And when we fall, when we mess up again, uh, I'm complaining. Uh, my, my things are coming out of my mouth that they shouldn't have. Uh, maybe... I'm on the internet and things are not appropriate that I'm looking at. I mean, there's a lot of temptations, but when we fall, what can give us the strength to get up and then to turn away from that sin? Well, this is of course the, the, the message of mercy. I mean, it's, it's the encouragement we have for repenting because when we do repent, who we meet is the kind, merciful, loving savior, who's the guardian of our souls. Um, he's the Savior, and, and he does revive us in our faith, our hope, our love. And that's why we need to constantly return to him. Now, we get very busy in the culture, obviously, in the American culture. We're very busy. Um, but we need to also realize there's more than just a hardware store in town. Um, so often, I think that's what we identify American life with, is just the hardware store. We go there to get our nuts and bolts to get the job done. And we forget that just down the street, there's a bakery. And we've got to be able to go to the bakery to be fed or else we're going to run out of gas by always going to the hardware store and thinking that's all there is. Um, well, Christ is the bakery. He's, he's, he's the, the bread come down from heaven to feed and give life to the world. We need to frequent him so that we can be strengthened for this love that we want to give and bring into the world. Beautiful. Yeah. Increasing our love. That is the key and increasing our time with Jesus, that silent time. I know our churches make that opportunity available. Do you make that opportunity available in your schedule? And that's the challenge for each of us to make some changes. Little ones are going to make a big difference when they're wrapped around the heart of Jesus Christ. Uh, Father Dan Petit with us as always. It's fun to talk and explore and to continue to go on journeys with you. Uh, would you please help us close this time in prayer and lead us in our own Lenten journey with your closing prayer and blessing? Sure. Let's pray in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we commend to you each one of ourselves, our lives, 
our hopes, our dreams for Lent this coming 2024. We ask and pray uh, an increase of your hope, your faith, and your especially your love within us, that we may grow in love of you and through you, love for one another. And we ask all of this through Christ our Lord. Amen. May the blessed mighty God descend upon you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father Dan. Have a blessed Lenten journey, and we will look forward to talking with you very soon. Sounds good, Dina Marie, and you too. We'll see you in the desert. All right. Sounds good.